Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. So I'm here in beautiful Guyana. Uh, unfortunately, it's a rainy day, so we're in the hotel recording podcasts for you as a viewer and listener. And over there in Costa Rica, it's also a little bit of uh, a rainy, uh, rainy season. Uh, and uh, we have our guest today. His name is Brian Walt. Uh, he's the founder of Personal Time Productions. And he's going to be sharing a little bit about his journey uh, as a traveler, as a digital nomad traveling dad uh, with two kids, uh, eight and 11, and about how he set up uh, streams of income online, everything from uh, his main business to his affiliate marketing, uh, et cetera. So uh, Brian, tell us a little bit about how is life in Costa Rica currently? Costa Rica is wonderful. Again, one of the best things that we look for as a family traveling is a country that has warm and welcoming feelings. Costa Rica definitely has that. So the people here are wonderful. The food is excellent. Uh, the beaches are beautiful and the mountains are great. So you decided on Costa Rica after an epic journey around the world. So tell us a little bit about the origin story of uh, you know why you left your home. <laughs> Two young kids. Sure, of course. We were living. I grew up in the states in Florida, and you know after working so many hours on and on and on and on, like many people I'm sure watching this think, I want to get out of this rat race of a job. So I started working and building my own uh, advertising, my own digital marketing firm to, with the idea of going to just live in a central South American country uh, with my family to do something and have better experiences for my kids. What it turned out was after trying at it for a year, I finally got to a point where I said to my wife, I think this business will be able to sustain us to go live in Central South America for a while. What do you think? She says, all right, let's go. Within three months, we sold our big house, we sold our cars, we sold everything in them and just left. Although my wife right off the bat says, no, let's just travel the world. So we ended up going to 20 countries over five continents for one year first. We bought round the world tickets and RTW, which Anybody who's listening and looking to travel, if you're going to travel the world, that's the most cost-effective way to do it, is to buy uh, tickets uh, in advance as opposed to just a bunch of one-ways. And then uh, after that, we found, you know what? I think Costa Rica is a good place to settle, and we ended up uh, here for the first year. Awesome. I, I definitely want to dive deeper into that uh, big trip. I mean, uh, 20 countries and five continents over one year is yeah. very similar to what we're doing, actually. We've been to about 10 countries on five continents in about half a year, and we're probably going to hit about 20 uh, once we hit uh, finish South America. We did uh, uh, North America, South America, Asia, mm -hmm. Africa. Um, uh, we, we didn't hit Europe or Australia. And... Mm -hmm. uh, uh, we haven't hit Antarctica, we're, we're thinking about it. We were technically in Europe when we were in French Guyana because it's uh, a part of the European mm -hmm. Union, uh, right. even though it's in South America. So a little bit of a technical five continents too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so tell us a little bit about why you decided on the round the world uh, 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 tickets. Because for us, we actually opted not to do the round the world, and I'll tell you why. Uh, obviously, it would have been cheaper to do it around the world, but then... Uh, you have less flexibility to change uh, uh, bookings and flights. So for mm -hmm. us, we're, we're more or less set in the, the countries we're going to, but mm -hmm. at the same time, we're not set on the exact dates we arrive or leave. Right. So um, that's why we so, opted uh, not to do the around the world. But I'd love to hear your side of things. 
So the way we did it, we structured it so we did have some flexibility in there. So for instance, our first trip we left uh, from in August, Miami to Managua in Nicaragua. But then about a month and a half later, we knew we were flying out of San Jose, Costa Rica. So we didn't know how we were going to get from one country to the next. We just knew we had to get there. So after San Jose, we flew into Quito. So about four months later, we knew we were flying out of Buenos Aires. So in about four months, we knew we had to get from Ecuador to Buenos Aires. We weren't sure how. We weren't sure exactly which countries we wanted to go to. We just knew we were going to do it. So we left that completely open. So this gave us the flexibility to be able to go from uh, Ecuador, uh, Chile, Peru, and then Argentina, where, of course, we went to Machu Picchu. We went to San Pedro de Atacama in Chile, uh, crossed over the border by land into Argentina, went into Salta, and then across to Buenos Aires. So it gives us that same flexibility. After that, we flew to South Africa. We were in, we were knew we were going to be in Johannesburg for, uh, or Southern Africa for another two and a half months. So during that time, we went up into Zambia, Zimbabwe, Botswana, and then came back to South Africa, went over to Dubai for a little bit where with the RTW, we were able to call a five day trip, a long layover. So it didn't cost us any more. So it was great. We could stay in Dubai, which, as you know, isn't the cheapest place to stay. It's not the no, most cost-effective. So mm. it was great to be a long layover, but it didn't cost us any extra. We flew into Sri Lanka. We stayed there for a month. And then Southeast Asia, we knew we were flying into uh, Beijing and then eventually flying out of uh, Bali about six months later. But we didn't know where we were going to go in between. So that's where the RTW came into being really helpful, where it gave us those cheap one-ways without having too much structure in between. That, that's a great way of uh, looking at it, because uh, then you have that flexibility that a lot of people say the around-the-world tickets don't have. So I'm glad right. you mentioned yeah. that part of it. Uh, tell us about how you chose the destinations, because I know a lot of people want to do around-the-world trip, uh, and they have their bucket list uh, cities or countries or yeah. monuments they want to see, but they don't know where to start and how many countries, how many cities to choose. So tell us a little about the process behind making the decisions and the travel planning side of things. I will give my wife mostly credit for that. She was amazing at planning uh, this whole, each city and each country and researching. Our biggest criteria was picking countries where the US dollar goes the furthest. That was the easiest and first uh, way right. to look at it because uh, earning US and traveling to you know, England, I'm not gonna get as much, but you know, traveling US and going to Thailand, uh, you can live for quite a long time on very little out there earning US dollars. So that was the first criteria. Second uh, really was you know, what experiences do we wanna have? We love outdoors, we love adventure, we live going out to different places. So finding cities and countries that uh, really cater to what we wanted to do. And then, you know, of course, safety came into factor when traveling with two young kids. They were eight and five when we first left. And then I guess the other thing really came down to, uh, we really, we didn't have much plan as far as how long we wanted to stay in each individual place. So there was a couple of times where we would book 
uh, you know, Airbnb we use a lot. We did some homestays throughout different countries here and there. Uh, but if we liked the place, we'd say, uh, we're going to stay a little bit longer. Or if we got there and found out we mm -hmm. didn't like it that much, we would end up, uh, oh, we're going to go on to the next place. So it's really just having that mindset and flexibility to think, you know what, I'm going to try it. If I like it, I can stay. If not, I can move on. There, It's very easy uh, to just you know, book for a week or book for a couple of nights and then extend everything as you move on. As long as you travel light and have that mindset, you're good to go. Absolutely. And I couldn't reinforce that enough. Uh, travel light, travel yes. light, travel light, <laughs> because it's so much easier on elevators or uh, oh, yeah. when you don't have elevators, you have to take stairs. Uh, when you're going between buses and taxis and uh, trains and boats yeah. and uh, everything else, definitely travel light, travel light, travel light. So, Brian, uh, tell us about uh, some of the lessons learned, some of the deep, uh, you know, m mental, the mindset shifts, and the deep heart changes that happened over your one-year epic adventure. I was a very patient person before uh, starting the whole traveling, but one thing that travel, and especially other countries, is it, it teaches you to be m even more patient with your family, with Absolutely. other people, with uh, everything else around you, because especially coming from the States, nothing moves at that same pace. Particularly here in Costa Rica, they call it Tico time. So if I'm going to be somewhere, if I say I'm going to meet somebody at uh, 11 a.m., chances are 11 to 15, 11 to 20 is about acceptable. Anything after that is, uh, okay, now you're late. <laughs> so you have to get used to things like that uh, as you're traveling. And also, things will come up. That's uh, the biggest thing I can't stress with anybody traveling is I can assure you something will happen where you're going to go, oh my goodness, what do I do now? There's going to be those, oh, whatever moments. And uh, just have, if, as long as you're expecting it, it's not that big of a deal. So for instance, you know, when we were one of our overnight bus, uh, bus rides from, uh, I think it was when we went from Ecuador into... Oh, we were going across from Ecuador uh, down into Peru, I think it was, and the bus broke down at like one o'clock in the morning in the middle of who knows where, and it, it happens. You know, everybody was tired, everybody was exhausted. We were kind of cranky, everybody else was cranky, so we were sitting there waiting for another two hours for a bus to show up where we could transfer onto something else, and while it made the experience a little more challenging, it was still afterwards all right, now it's just another story that we tell as we're moving along. So as long as you're prepared for those kinds of things, uh, that was definitely something I learned along the way. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, we've all had those breakdowns, the missing the flights, or even uh, yeah. like just having flights delayed. It's so frustrating, uh, but at the same time, uh, mm -hmm. you need to double up that patience muscle, right? The more you <laughs> yes. work it, the more I'll, 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 uh, <laughs> the better he'll get. Um, yes, of so, course. Uh, We've covered the nomadic side of things, the around the world side of things. Uh, we obviously on the Digital Nomad Mastery Podcast love to cover the income side of things too. So mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about how you uh, generate income online so that you can continue your, your, your travel and work around the world. You know what's funny is that one of the biggest, the first question I get asked a lot of times or the most, the biggest misconception a lot of people say to me is, oh my goodness, you must be rich because you're able to live like this. You're able to travel the world and go to all these different places. No, I'm not rich doing this. I make enough money to earn a comfortable living right. to go and travel and live my life the way I do. 
I don't spend my money on things. I spend it on experiences. So that's the biggest misconception uh, myth I always want to put out there first is to say, you don't have to make millions to live like this, to go out there and enjoy and see all these amazing parts of the world. Um, as far as uh, how I earn my money, there's two main ways. The first one and the best way I found for living digitally and going from one country to the next is affiliate marketing. And uh, for anybody who is not familiar with that, if you're online and you're looking at an ad, let's say it's for uh, a phone or an app or something like that, chances are it wasn't that company that put that ad on there. It might have been somebody like me who was working with a third-party company such as Commission Junction, which is one of the largest ones in the, in the world, uh, or ShareASale, or uh, Ring Partners, one of my biggest uh, companies I work with for pay-per-call affiliate marketing. So it's essentially lead generation for other companies. I put an ad out for a pen, and you know, as long as I generate a lead, a good lead for that pen, whether it's a click, a phone call, an email, or a form fill, whatever it is, I get paid X amount of dollars. As long as I'm putting out uh, Y and I'm getting back X, and X is greater than Y, life is good. That's the basics of affiliate marketing. So. The trick is finding your niche that you want to market in and making it profitable. Putting ads online, getting money back. This way, I don't have to. I don't have customers or clients that I have to answer to or be on phone calls. So, for instance, when I'm in, when I was in Southeast Asia and I'm speaking to somebody in the states, and I have to make a, a conference call at 3 a.m. my time because it's the middle of the day there, it gets pretty tiring kind of quickly. So that's why I found that affiliate marketing was the easiest way to, to travel and, and make money online as I'm doing it. The second part is I do have an agency side of my business where it's uh, building websites, SEO, PPC, social media marketing. Uh, but I do that a little bit less. Really just from word of mouth was the, the best way that I found to start that side of my business. Uh, funny enough, the first client I had was in Zimbabwe, where my family, we wanted to go on a tour, and I looked at the gentleman that we were working with, and I said, you need a new website, don't you? And he says, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The tour, he wanted about $400 for everything that we were going to do. I said, I bartered with him. I said, you know what? Let's, let's have a deal. I'll build you a new website. You give us the tour. It worked out really well where I was able to keep him uh, as a client for a little while longer. But as I bartered and traveled, I picked up other clients and then they referred me to somebody else. So I built their website or I um, did their social media marketing, things like that. And I, I keep a small list of clients to have some other income coming in that way. Uh-oh, I think I lost you. That is one of the troubles of, of traveling, the sometimes unreliable internet.
Oh no, Ricky. That is definitely one of the <clears throat> tough things about traveling. <laughs> 